Hey, I'm Daniel Colbert. And I'm John Rudolph Drexler. This is Talking Business League. Uh, we run a small development agency together. Every week, we have a one-hour call where we discuss the state of our business. This is that call. Dun, dun. This dun, dun, is that call. <laughs> Howdy doody, John. I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Um, I do recall that if I don't stop the intro music, it will loop. Yeah, we're getting better at this. We're getting better at it. Um, it's uh, you know what else is really funny? We do a thirty-minute call before this with Jacob, uh, mm-hmm. where we it's a lot more. I'm not. I have to tell you. You know what the call is for yeah. the listener. It's I'm a, often there. Yeah, it's the first call of the week. It's very like high energy, and we're like, "How we doing? How we doing?" You know, we go and we go through a lot of like boring stuff that doesn't belong in the podcast. But I have noticed that uh, I feel like we do burn off a lot of good energy in there. <laughs> like, I, like a lot of our best bits happen in the thirty minute call. We are, before we are the very yeah. We are funnier. <laughs> um, no, but and I, think I, like, I want to rehash those bits, but it feels so disingenuous. <laughs> <laughs> to redo all the bits um yeah, yeah yeah i feel you um i don't know that's this is the gamble this yeah. is the gamble we've made putting this thing right after another thing and right before another thing yeah um, um, but it is nice to have a heart out yeah that's good uh you're back from new orleans i am back from new orleans uh for the people oh you saw me you i was in new orleans last time you remember that's right oh right we did a whole podcast we recorded there. while i was there um yeah, it was kind of a I thought this was kind of a boring episode. This is the thing that I need to get See, over. Yeah. Is that like back in the day when we made fits and starts, I we would record for hours and hours, and then I would sit down there and meticulously edit it down into here's just the stuff that I find personally interesting. Uh-huh. Um and what that resulted in was like a very listenable 30-minute podcast that was like sure. pretty consistently interesting. Yeah. Uh, tight. And, Real tight. Yeah. And all the hemming and hawing was removed. And now I'm like, we're just in this new thing where we're just like, we just release every week mm-hmm. and Off the whether, you, whether you like it or not. And some episodes I think are very interesting and other episodes are like half interesting, half not. And some episode like, uh, yeah. So I, I need to just like get over that. Yeah. Well, I think the OKR episodes are interesting as a compendium. Mm. You know, like I think it's interesting to see the movement over time of mm-hmm. the OKRs. But any given like OKR update segment is kind of boring. Sure. Um, and that's mostly what we had last week. I have a, um, I realized a goal that I have. Are you ready? Ooh, yes. I'm not going to add it to this quarters, but it's just something to bookmark for later. I didn't um, realize our goals were quarterly. So that's an interesting development for me. <laughs> well, it, it, I think it's good to, I think that's a, a, a nice time frame. You know, sure. three three months, uh, and this is not something I'm planning on doing before the end of the year. Uh, but it is something that I I've realized that I want. Um, are you ready? It's that I'm uh, so ready. I, I've been thinking about how I synthesize these like ideas in the blogs that I'm writing because, as we talked about before, like blogging is a good way for me to sort of like get these out of my system and process them into something as we, as we've talked about before, uh, writing is one of the, one of the most rigorous forms of thinking and it's forcing Mm -hmm. me to like make my thoughts clear. Uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. Some posts 
uh, like people really respond to other posts nobody gives a shit about at all <laughs> sure <laughs> which is totally fine because i'm like no i there's like a thread here there's a few threads and i'm like i really like them and i feel like this is going somewhere when i initially started doing it i was like oh my god i have so much to write maybe i'll write like a short ebook uh maybe i would do that i don't know i would need a pretty compelling reason or like there would need to be some sort of like demand for that for that to make sense but the new thing that i'm realizing is there's these like really really solid themes throughout these blogs that are not that I think I could really simplify them. They're not that complicated. They're not that big, you know? Uh Um, And I'm like, this would make a, this could make a very, very good 20 minute conference talk. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I want to keep writing to like refine those to get it to be like a really good, really good conference talk. But I'm like, I don't think I have like five different good conference talks in me but I'm very confident that I have like one excellent one in me. Um, And it, it, the audience for it is Laracon basically. Cause it's like, it is for people who either like don't have a product manager or like are hackers who are trying to figure out smart ways to build good processes or whatever. It's like, that is the audience. And I was like, this is good. This is a very Also you live in New York. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a million, there's a million like developer meetups that take, Talks. That's a good point. Yeah. And so like if you want to practice like giving that talk to developers, like Yeah. I'm sure there's like a New York Django meetup or like a New York Rails yeah. meetup or whatever. I like where this. you can go and say, like, hey, let me practice this talk for you guys. Yeah. Cause I and like I'm so it's just again, like I've it's it's rare that I have this amount of confidence about something, but I'm like so confident that what I'm saying is like right and valuable yes um for a really specific crowd and i'm mm-hmm. like i think uh i think i need to develop my stump speech and, yeah. and start and start doing it's your soapbox yeah uh so that's my goal my i think the tangible goal is doing it uh at alaricon would be very cool that would be um, a blast but ramping up to that with other stuff could also be really cool yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so that's that'll be a goal maybe in like 2024 muy excelente yeah um cool yeah i think that is all very good and i think it's on the path that you are on right like i think you're on a path that is like you build uh written content you make some video content you uh produce podcast content and you sort of like position yourself as the guy on this thing and then your people are paying you to consult on this thing Mm -hmm. like you're you're hitting it from all angles um, yes. and you'll be able to synthesize that into a meaningful talk. Yeah. And I think that is natural progression. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it as well. John, I like the green color of your door. You like the green color of my door. Yeah, you don't see yeah. a door that color that often. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, you know, uh, uh, color deficient. Um, it's kind of like um kind of thought gray but i I trust you <laughs> that is interesting that is interesting and funny all right cool um <laughs> friend of the show uh mary mcdonald uh, i was wearing this shirt uh that i really like and she was like she's like I, she's like i was standing over here wondering like i wonder why john would wear wear that puke colored shirt 
Uh, and <laughs> she's like, I wondered if you were doing a bit. And then I remembered, oh, you don't know that it's puke color. <laughs> oh that's funny yeah that is funny (laughs) um okay cool so um with our remaining time uh we can do do you have anything prepared because if not i think there is a little bit of something we could talk about okay well here's what i have i have one uh one quick like tactical feedback thought um okay which i'm curious to hear i'd also like to know if you have any feedback for me and then, oh, right, right. We didn't even do our thing. Um, and then I do have one. Uh, there's there's topics that we could hit. So I'm curious to hear what your thought is and also if you have feedback for me. Okay, sorry. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I, uh, you know, we covered the bases. Uh, I shipped games to reviewers this weekend, which was very Ooh. exciting. Um, and uh, so that is real and that's happening. Um, Thunk stuff is great. Uh you know, we as we talked about, we are at max capacity uh, working yes. with subcontractors because we are actually beyond max capacity, which is a fun and exciting place to be. We're mm-hmm. testing out the hypothesis that we can do more work than two people. Uh, yes. And it's we're building a business. It's very exciting. Yes. It is. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, the only feedback that I had for you was because uh, this is. Feedback I might end up giving, I, I'm about to go do the same thing you just did. And I, I want to think through how we do it. So you just went on a, what seemed like a really fun friend's trip to mm-hmm. New Orleans. But you were like, don't worry, I'll be working the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm curious to know like if that experience was good for you. Because I do that too. Like In two weeks, I'm going to go to Chattanooga for a week. And mm-hmm. I'll like be there with Lindsay, presumably doing some non-work things during the day. But I'm also doing this thing that I always do when I do stuff like that, where I'm like, don't worry, I'm working the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had some combination of like bad internet, phone calls from the car, where like mm-hmm. you didn't know that you weren't on mute, you know, like mm. uh, stuff that was going on that like none of it was like that bad. But, but it wasn't a great me- experience. Yeah. It wasn't a great experience. And then I was also like, and I'm not the feed, the nature of this feedback is not like, oh, hey, man, you gave me a bad experience that last week. Mm -hmm. It's more of like, would you have had a better time (laughs) if you had just taken a week? I probably, I probably would have, but, um, I also kind of wanted to do it that way. Yeah. You know, um, I think the lesson there is like if i'm gonna do a working trip like that like i need to control all the variables Mm. um and i was not i was not the master and commander of this trip sure Uh, charlotte's friend was (laughs) um and so (laughs) boy that is a situation that i would just yeah i can i cannot go beyond somebody else's itinerary for a trip (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> yeah, it was a it was good and difficult in you know all the ways that something <laughs> like that can be good and difficult. But yeah, I mean, I think it it did. I kind of envisioned a world where I was going to like sort of work my normal work day, um, and what ended up happening was that I would work maybe like three hours at the beginning of the day, and then I would work from like twelve to four a.m. Yeah, and. Yeah. 
that was not ideal, but it was what happened. Um, so that was, I didn't love doing it, honestly. Um, I think the shape of the trip was, uh, probably not the right trip to try this on, but we got it done. But there were like a lot of, like you said, there was a lot of situations where I had to take calls from the car and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just like, I guess we'll, I just want to think. I'm thinking more like critically about it for myself because I'm just about to go do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to. I would say would, travel days are a easy. bad day to have lots of calls is one thing I learned. There we go. Yeah, that's that's a practical thing we can take out of it. Because, yeah, Friday you had to do calls from the car where you were like, like everyone in your car had to like be quiet for you. <laughs> and you're like trying to find the mute button on your phone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also probably pretty dangerous. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's like more of a like, let's just think about it kind of mm-hmm. thing. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. How are you doing? Do you have any feedback for me? Um, I'm doing well. I'm back in the saddle. It feels nice to have full control over my entire life. Um, it's a blast. Uh, I forgot when I got back, I forgot I left my office in the process of completely reinventing it. um so i got rid of like all this stuff that was in my closet and all this everything um what that means is that there's just stuff everywhere in this office right now and it's kind of a nightmare so that's stressful um but given a couple of probably one evening uh i should be able to like get this back into a state that is sane so i'm looking forward to that um i am so we're starting on a big new client tomorrow. Um, our first time using a subcontractor. Um, I've got to link up with him and kind of give him a brain dump of all of the, so we got a, I don't know. We haven't specified with them whether we can say anything about this project, but mm-hmm. we received a really, really good, well-organized brain dump. Um, yes. And I need to pass that on. Um, and you know my then, notes, by the way, I took a lot of notes during that. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take them. Um, but yeah, the, uh, so I have to have a brain dump with him. Um, and, uh, we've got some normal Monday stuff today and then starting tomorrow, I, I go into the deep. Yeah. We just both kind of like calculated our weekly hours and it's like, we both have like 35, like real hours committed mm-hmm. to various clients, like each of us sort of like three clients each. Yeah. Um, and that might not sound like a lot, but that's like, like if a normal, if the sort of like normal work week of like 40 hours, like includes a lot of like chatting around the water cooler, hemming and, and taking hawing. breaks. And, yeah, yeah. Like hemming and hawing, eating lunch. Like this is like 35 client hours each, mm-hmm. which is like, 35 hard hours. Yeah. That's like, that's the equivalent of like more like 50 hours, you know, sort of like in the office or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, So it's not crazy. uh, And what we talked about, which is good is we have one huge benefit of this business is that we're very comfortable taking things to subcontractors and we have a bench of excellent subcontractors. And like right now we got like three or four guys who are like, 
around for 15 hours if we need them. So like, yep. sh- should this become unmanageable kind of at a moment's notice, we can get one more person in. Yep. So it's not, it's not scary, but it's the first time that like we've both been. Like, yeah. It's kind of really, like, let's gird our loins and get in here yeah. and go to war. And it's going to, and hope, you know, the ideally it's going to be like this for three months. Um, yeah. So like, here we go. Yeah. It's, and it's good, honestly. Like, I mean, this is, this is like what the company at full utilization is. I mean, at, at like 120% utilization, really. But like, um, but like when the company is fully booked, this is what it's going to feel like. Yeah. So we need to Which figure good, out if, if it we, feels good. We only make a profit if we are booked like this. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not exactly true, but like, we only make the amount of money we want to make if we're booked like this. So, right, right. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's let's see how we like the next three months. <laughs> yeah, we can only make what we made before we started this company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we're booked right. like this. If we take on less work than this, it's a pay cut, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. cool. Any feedback for me? Um, no, no feedback. Uh, I, you held it down. You are, uh, you're doing a lot of, things that are require a lot of sort of like contact with people. Like I know you're doing calls with people and stuff like that. Uh, so I appreciate you doing all of that. I am looking forward to uh, you're writing some code on this project that I'm also writing code on. So that'll be fun to be yeah. uh, coding buddies again. We haven't written code on the same code base. No, it'll that be fun. Much. We and did it's some. It's also for, nice that it's a, it's a greenfield yeah. like, those are this can be very fun um yeah and yeah so like my future is 20 hours a week of straight product management and eight hours a week of writing code um Mm -hmm. and and then a couple hours a week of project management and you're straight writing code except for two hours of coaching per week right uh two hours yeah two hours of like mentoring and then uh three hours of like spoken for meetings. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I may end up, although some of our meet, those meetings are often actually half hours now that I think about it. Yeah. So I have them booked as hours. Yeah. So I actually do have one extra hour in my life. So I'm 34, not 35. You know, what might be the most telling thing about product management is the fact that I like, do, and I don't want to hear it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't know what the most telling thing about. No, it's it's not the most telling thing. That's a very stupid introduction to this. But <laughs> that uh, it just an interesting thing is like I'm splitting. I'm I'm doing 15 hours a week at one company and five hours a week at another company as a product manager, mm-hmm. and like both of them, like it's fine. You know, right. like and granted, they're like small teams. Yeah. Both of them are like a team of three engineers. Yeah. But having a product manager around for 10 ish hours a week yeah. uh, is like totally sufficient for what they need. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. You're going to, uh, you're going to Atlantic city for the, uh, for the I'm going to Atlantic home inspector city. thing. I'm going to Atlantic city to hang out with home inspectors, which sounds like, the worst lie that you've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's some shit you tell your wife. <laughs> I know, babe, listen, I have to go to Atlantic city. 
there's, there's thousands of home inspectors I need to meet. <laughs> it's for my work. <laughs> it's for my work. <laughs> um, no, but but yeah, that, that's but cool. actually, <laughs> but actually, yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the product management clients is uh, uh, a nonprofit that is a very very cool service for home inspectors, and virtually every home inspector in the country uses it because uh, it's such a good service. And uh, next week, this week rather. They're hosting their huge annual conference in Atlantic City, and I'm going to go. And they were like, "We're going to be so busy, we can't even talk to you, but you can just like do user interviews until you're blue in the face, talking to all of the home inspectors in the world." I was like, "Say no more. I yeah, will be at the blackjack table with the home inspectors. Happy to be there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's great. So That's great. Good news. Yeah. Um. Okay." Cool. So we feel good about that. We talked about kind of like what our next three months looks like. That's an interesting topic in and of itself. We don't really have a lot more to say about it, but the next three months really are kind of a, let's see what day-to-day feels like when we're like at the kind of capacity where we make money. And that is a good, that's a good space for us to be in. So yeah, that's cool. I'm really Um, excited about it. Um, Also, I'm excited to say like booking work for 2024. Hey, yeah. You know, like True. we can, like January 2024, we're going to have availability again. So yeah. if you need something in January 2024, hit, hit us, us up. up. Yeah. Um, or um, if you want something in February 2024, then maybe we could spend January 2024 working on something fun. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> well, so that's what, okay. So it sounded like you had a topic that you wanted to hit. I've got like three or four here that are like not kind of non-urgent evergreen topics that we can hit with our mine was just a non-urgent time. evergreen topic also which one um, was that so i just wanted to well i just think it's interesting that we have kind of like a a mix of billing situations that we've done yeah. and that we are doing um and i wanted to kind of like preface and kind of like lead into like what is the overarching conversation about like billing strategies that we want to have like we've said it's going to be a multi-episode conversation you know sure so i did just kind of want to like frame that conversation and be like what what is it that we're trying to figure out here yeah well i yeah i love um uh my old boss luke roush used to always go like whenever we kind of have one of these moments he'd go all right what does uh success look like coming out of this conversation (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. we'd be about to go talk to like a founder and it's like it was our like eighth conversation with them. It's like, are we trying to close the deal? Are we trying to settle on terms? Are we trying to just like make sure that they're still interested? Like trying to do a hang. What's going on? And it, yeah. And it's like, well, we hold on. We have 30 minutes with them later on. Like what exactly are we doing here? What does success look like here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's interesting. Like in some ways it's like, what is our goal? Cause I think I, I don't know, like one possible naive goal would be like, okay, well we just have one pricing model. And we just need to figure out the right one. Uh, that I don't know that that's a worthy goal necessarily. It seems like really what we want to know is like have confidence about what are the trade-offs for each model and what are the conditions under which we like choose one over the other. You know what I mean? Sure. Because um, um, it seems like the, like like there are situations where like even if we said like well, our preference is hourly 
if we can get this rate, but uh-huh. under these other conditions, it's much better to do project, you know? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, like I'm not as convinced off the bat that like having just one pricing model is bad. Um, I don't think it's bad. I just, I, I like, I think in a world where like we had more work than we needed and could be like, and we could dictate the terms of our, of everything. Mm -hmm. then I think I would prefer to just have like one pricing model, one contract template that everyone signs, like, Mm -hmm. you know, one subcontractor template that everyone signs, you know, all of that stuff. So I think in a perfect world, like the the mental overhead of having multiple pricing models is uh, non-zero, right? Mm -hmm. If only because like, it makes our spreadsheets more complicated or whatever. Right. Um, I guess but, I think that that cost is pretty low, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know which is best. Right. I think people keep telling us that uh, project basing based pricing is the way to really make money. Um, That's what everyone says. I would say uh, so far that has not been our experience. Um, well, but have we done it? Kind of. Well, fixed budgets. I would say fixed budgets so far. Yeah, but then we broke them down in terms of hours. So we haven't, I don't feel like we haven't really done it. Yeah, that's true. Well, actually, um, you know what? Early year store was that. Early year store was project-based pricing. Oh, that's true. And then, and and we made a mistake on one of those early ones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... It's a, I mean, yeah, it's high risk, high reward. If high you, risk, high reward. Yeah. If you mess up, you're going to eat it. Yeah. Um, it's a gamble. As a gambling man, I thought you would like this one more. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I only play poker. I only play skill based games. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, the, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, there's no more, there's no greater skill based game than, <laughs> hey, we're going to go build you An some estimation. software for a no, fixed no amount of money. No skill based <laughs> gambling than agile estimation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, (laughs) I think, so I, part of me is like, I do, I can't get away from the fact that it's just like it, the, the margins are so reliable. Well, no, sorry, not reliably good. That's not what I meant to say. The margins are so potentially good there. And like the, there is but one lever to pull to increase margin on hourly which is just like charge a higher and higher and higher rate. Now mm-hmm. I will say we are already charging a higher rate than you used to. Cause mm-hmm. we've had conversations where we were like, we should push until people are uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. if they're uncomfortable, but they still say, yes, we're in the right range, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we can continue to push that. That's mm-hmm. a reasonable lever. Like at a certain point, I'm like, well, the margins are good enough if we're charging a very high price for our hours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's like, if we could charge a sufficiently high price, I would say hours are totally great. Um, mm-hmm. But that the thing that's like tricky about that is like, there's only one lever there. And at a certain point, it's like that it's such a competitive uh business where there's like a lot of people undercutting on price who do worse work mm-hmm. uh that it's like that's a hard 
that could be a hard conversation to have. Maybe it's not as hard of a conversation as I think it is. Um, I'm not that worried about that part. The thing I don't like is that like growth is growth in that world is constrained to adding more hours. Yes. Like that's the part of that equation that I hate is that like once you cap out, like, right. Once you hit the number, then which no greater can be imagined. Right. Yeah. Then, then your only move is to add hours to grow and adding hours to grow is just a move I'd like to avoid as long as possible. You know, yeah. I want to find every other way to grow first. Um, so I think that's right. Um, and so that gets us into project based, which again is just like the, you know, we say, we're going to go, we're going to go do this thing for a hundred thousand dollars. And mm-hmm. in our mental math behind the scenes, it's like, we think we could do that in fewer hours than, but well, there's some turning, there's some breaking point where we're sure. like, we're this, if the amount of hours we think this is really going to take us, uh, would give us, would like imply a great dollar per hour mm-hmm. ratio. Um, and the downside, the scary part is we are now beholden contractually to mm-hmm. completing that amount of work, which theoretically the client could come back and bicker with us about, well, you did do X, Y, Z, but like, really that's not good enough or that doesn't meet my expectations or whatever. So like you open yourself up to litigation and Mm -hmm. bickering and the thing that we did a retro on two weeks ago, which is, I mean, which we didn't really open ourselves up to, but theoretically the client can just keep on going well, no, there's a huge handoff thing. Well, no, there's this other thing that was, which was implied in our contract and you just need to finish it. And so then we're, we get into this thing where for uh, six Long weeks tail. afterwards, yeah. we're cleaning up uh, during these very non-profitable hours. Yes. Yeah, so that is all that. There, there are a few other um, things. We, there's I a few other gotta, pricing models. We need to fully explore the fancy rhino fee because that's my favorite. Well, and so what favorite, the fancy rhino fee is... Idea. To me, that's just like a use it or lose it retainer, right? Which is but yeah, like let's 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 talk about where the fancy rhino fee came from. Sure, yeah, you talk about it. Okay, well, it's the part part of why this is interesting is because this also relates to the staffing model thing. So, mm-hmm. friends of the show, Drew Bell's and Isaiah Smallman, many years ago, started uh, basically a marketing branding agency which is that what we yeah, call like it? a video they, production agency that then expanded yeah. to lots of they made video things. production then they did a whole bunch of other stuff which was a mistake uh and they hired a lot of really talented people too many uh mm-hmm. which was a mistake and they and tried one out very, bad cfo <laughs> yeah and it was uh it was t- they had some tough times they but they did outstanding work and they tried a bunch of different pricing models and drew is like very smart about this. Isaiah eventually left. Drew is, uh, still doing it. And what's interesting is on the staffing side, drew whittled down and whittled down and whittled down to where now fancy Rhino's still kicking. He's doing great work. It's literally just him. Mm -hmm. And he goes to people and he's like, I will, I will set up this whole creative campaign. If you want me to produce it too, I know all my contractors and I can scale up and down. I'll, I'll make it for you too. That'll cost you a lot of extra money for me to make it. But like mm-hmm. it's, if you want just me, you can have just me at a very high price. 
mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. Like after years of like going up and down, growing, contracting, hitting, you know, doing work for like Nike and Office Depot and these huge names. And then finally coming back to Jerusalem, like actually the model that makes sense is like, it's literally just me and I hire contractors if I need to. That's yeah. interesting in and of itself because that's kind of what we want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But the pricing model thing that was really interesting was, I don't know if he's still doing this, but he had this this idea, which was basically what he called the fancy rhino fee, which is mm-hmm. just like a fee, a, a giant retainer that's like, you're going to have my attention for three months. Mm-hmm. And then all labor that went into it, he he charged them. He just invoiced them at cost. He's like, I am not making a profit on like really my labor or any of my subcontractors labor. So like that invoice of like the labor hours actually looks like pretty reasonable and small, mm-hmm. but like you, if you want my attention for three months, that's going to cost you $50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just like this, fat retainer and then everything else is 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 hourly at a low hourly rate it's interesting Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting yeah i think so too the um so that that approach is very cool also another one that i think is very sexy is just kind of like the like productized like well-defined scope um thing where like it's sort of self-service where like people like maybe even we with some sort of like front-facing e-commerce type of thing where Mm -hmm. like someone comes in and just wants to buy a 10-hour package or something um and it's flat feed or where we say like hey do you have like a you know like a i don't know like uh, i can't think of a good example but like productized stuff is interesting uh our friend joel uh is working these days with some uh some like he's calling them subscription clients. So he has clients that are basically on a, a monthly subscription with him, um, which gives them a certain number of hours, use it or lose it. Um, and so that's kind of interesting. Uh, so there's, you know, you can theoretically like book more subscription clients than you have time for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just bet that they aren't all going to use it at the same time. What um, happens if you get a you get a margin call? <laughs> the, yeah, if you get a margin call, then I think you just have to like have you have to have someone who's ready to take on one of your bigger projects. I see, right? which is doable. So, like, like for example, like if we sold a bunch of these <clears> and then we had a margin call, then like we would have to bring in a contractor to work on something fifteen hours a week to give me space to. Yeah, but yeah, so that's an interesting play. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's lots and lots of pricing models, and we're always talking about them in our group chat. And I do think yeah. that the part of the I don't know where this fits in, but we have realized recently with like basically every one of our clients that a big part of our value proposition is that we have product and engineering, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting because like with your store. We were just doing straight engineering for them. And then I started poking around and asking enough hard questions that like, it was like, oh, you guys really would benefit a lot from using, you have 34 hours a week with us. If we used five of those for project planning and product management, like that would be immensely valuable for you. So 
they, they end up getting this sort of like composite human mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like two different people writing code, you wing and an architecture and me doing product management. And they have like, they're paying the cost of like one expensive full-time person, person yeah. right. uh, full time, but like they're getting this kind of like uh, buffet of valuable stuff. Mm-hmm. And like Others, the composition of that human can like shift, right? It can change pretty like, easily week to week. Yeah. Yeah. And and so like it was really interesting because uh with we just had this conversation with uh, uh a new uh, a new wish client who was basically <laughs> was getting uh engineering help from you. And in the middle of the call they turned to me and said, Wait, what's your role here? <laughs> and I was basically like, Well, look, like my role can be whatever you want it to be. You don't mm-hmm. ever have to hear from me. But like, if it any, like, you don't have a product manager, you're a solo founder. Like, mm-hmm. if you want me to jump in anywhere, like, use up some of the hours on that. If you want to yeah. do a, an hour call with me to like just review the roadmap and talk strategy, like, you have that available to you without changing the contract. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that that's like meaningful. Yep, and I think that that, sure. that fits into this concept of the like productized uh, offering. It's like we have hours that are like pretty fungible mm-hmm. um, and like you could get essentially CTO hours out of that. You could get product manager roles out of that. And you could also just get straight engineering out of that. And week to week, you can kind of decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only uh, part of me wonders, like if we were going to add a capability what should it be, right? Yeah. I think there's like, there's a clear argument for design. Yeah. Right? Which is that like having a designer on call would be good. Um, And honestly, like, I think there's like a pretty good argument that like we should encourage Jacob to become a designer. Um, so that that's like a, that's an argument, right? Which is that like, because then we have basically three people each of whom can write code and close a ticket, mm-hmm. but also each of whom have like a specialization that uh, depending on what your project calls for at any given time, you can like, you know, one day and that day may never come. I will call upon you for a favor. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and so I kind of like the idea that like, Oh, s- someone is thinks that we're just there to like crush tickets, but then realize like, Oh, well we do have this like mobile app and we have no idea what it should look like. Or like great yeah. like let let us introduce you to a designer you know i think th- that's great i i agree um i think that makes a lot of sense one other thing that i'm realizing as we talk about this is um selling these like fungible hours which could be like like you and i can both if you were to hire you as a CTO or me as a product manager, we would both command a very high salary. Uh-huh. And so like offering that as part of these fungible hours allows us to like credibly say like the average cost of these hours is going to be high. Mm-hmm. Um, and in reality, like many of these hours are going to end up being like, someone who's not one of the two of us writing code for you, which is also great. But like, I think that that allows us to like earmark the hours 
at a flat rate that's like mm-hmm. higher than just mm-hmm. like normal engineering hours. Yeah. Well, and like one thing, if we think about like what is the value prop here, like if you're a small company, like making a hire is like a very expensive thing. Yeah. And like the idea that like you're going to hire someone full time, but like that person can only do the thing that they do. Yeah. Right. Is like, huh, well, if I'm going to like allocate a hundred grand to hiring someone, yeah, I want to make sure that, you know, I really am positive that I need a hundred grand worth of engineering as yeah. opposed to a hundred grand worth of product as opposed to a hundred grand worth of something else. Right. Um, and when you're early, you don't exactly know. And so it's scary to allocate all that money. Yeah. As though you know what you need. And so like if we could basically say like, well, here's things you're probably going to need some of. Like we do all of them and like you can just like mess around with the composition of the team over time. Yeah. Like I think that is a really good value proposition that uh, that beats a lot of just like solo freelancers, you know. For sure. Because um, we also are like opinionated like yeah oh well, deeply <laughs> if, for you to hire for you to hire uh just even like a really good freelancer and be sort of like hey i just am gonna like issue work to you you know it's interesting because this actually really relates when i was at benti um we talked often about should we hire should we use contractors mm-hmm. and one of the things that always came up was like well, there's all these parts of our code base that they're not really going to like understand. What we need to do is like probably like scope out a huge amount of work that like doesn't require a lot of like deep internal knowledge mm-hmm. and like give that. Turns out to there's them. not a huge amount of work that doesn't require a lot of deep internal <laughs> yeah, knowledge. Right. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, so wait, before we even hire them, we need a product manager to go out and like scope out tons of just like, Hey, go build UI components, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's interesting to me, partly because I'm like, we can kind of get around that Mm -hmm. problem because we're like, if the first 40 hours you want from us is to like scope out work and prioritize it, like we can do that for you, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And I think honestly, if the first 40 hours you want from us is to figure out what we should do with the rest of our hours. Like, if you're like, just like, hey, yeah. I'm overwhelmed. I know I need help. I don't even know what you should work on. Yeah. Like, we can figure out what we should work on. It's very interesting. Uh, and then it really also narrows our focus to like, I mean, if somebody came to us for like, hey, come build React components on this huge existing app, we could obviously do that and just mm-hmm. charge our rate and we do it. But it does narrow our kind of like marketing and branding language to like, mm-hmm these teams with like three engineers and no PM and no CTO, like that is like in the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. It's like, bring us on as basically your most expensive employee. Mm -hmm. And as a composite employee, we will just like solve a litany of problems for you. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. It is very interesting. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I, I think that like nailing our value prop and like turning that into something we can communicate, you know, like, yeah, I do. I do think like there's a lot of, uh, well, we, we have to, we have to go, but 
I think communicating it and differentiating it quickly in like the like four word description yep. of what thunk yeah, is totally. is going to be key. Totally. Um, but anyway, Interesting. yeah. I'm, okay. I'm real excited. Feels productive. I think this is right. It's a description of what we're already doing. Um, yeah, it's a description of what we're already doing, but like and like highlighting the parts that work best. Mm-hmm. And with that, we've got to go. We, John, we have a heart out. I don't know what to we, tell you. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but uh, I got a hard stop. I got a hard stop <laughs> at 1 p.m., John. So I'm going to have to go. Mo- the single most self-important thing anyone has ever said. Just so you know, I have a hard <laughs> stop at 1. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, at 1 o'clock, something more important than you is happening. <laughs> Oh, it's good. It's good. Ooh.